0: You guys welcome to the show this is on the grill and i'm your host my name is paul from grill with coda be sure to follow me on instagram at grill with coda to stay dialed into the latest podcast news and you can check out what i'm grilling up next now you're going to want to follow my next guest this deep in the heart of texas griller has been entertaining us with this big personality and delicious cooks this big green egg team member can throw down with the best of them and he loves sharing his passion for grilling with his behind-the-scenes videos. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, Chris Robertson from At Cooking with Swiss. What's going on, Swiss?
1: What is up, Paul? That was a hell of an introduction.
0: You gotta do it big for the Texas boys.
1: Yeah, if they say everything's bigger in Texas, that's a lie.
0: <laughs> is that from personal experience?
1: Uh, no, just, just what I've heard from other people.
0: Now, you've um, you grew up in Texas, correct, or is that my wrong?
1: Uh, pretty much all my life. I was originally born in Lafayette, Louisiana. But whenever I was five, we made the move over and pretty much grew up right outside of Houston, an area called Katie. And I've pretty much been in Katie till college. And now, why,
0: why does Katie sound familiar to me? Is was there Katy, uh, Katie, Texas? Why does that sound familiar? Anything big come out of Katie?
1: Uh, Renee Zellwinger, huge. Give me the money, baby.
0: Uh, oh, that, that girl, Jerry McGuire girl.
1: Yeah, dude, that, that that's us. We're taking her. Uh, Katie, do you
0: know her, Do you know her personally?
1: No, I mean I know her, but she would say she's never met me in her life. So you know, more of a like a stalker version.
0: I got you. I got you. Now, what about Lafayette? That's is that uh, is that considered like the dirty South?
1: Uh, I mean, Lafayette. I was there for. I mean, I was like five years old. Oh, like, so you
0: weren't you were slaying or, or nothing? You were just yeah, kinda... man,
1: I wasn't making my moves just yet. But you guys, you asked me earlier about Katie. You might hear of Katie because Katie High School is known throughout the country for football.
0: Okay, there we go.
1: They have one of the best football programs in the United States. Uh, Andy Dalton, he went through Katie and we actually were there around the same time. But I wasn't at Katie High School. I was at the road. I was down the road from him at Taylor High School, and they would always kick the shit out of us every year. So,
0: yeah, man, they had the Red Rocket.
1: Yeah, dude, you can't compete with that guy. And
0: yeah. he, he went to uh, Texas Tech, or where did he end up going?
1: I don't know. I have no idea. I think Tech, but I know he ended up at Cincinnati for the longest time, and they might have just recently cut him. Or they, I mean, yeah, yeah, they want to get our quarterback Joe Burrow up there. So I think the Rocket might be down now out for now.
0: Right on. Perfect. Perfect. So you grew up in Texas most of your life then?
1: Pretty much. I've, you know, I would say I'm a hybrid between Texas and Louisiana with more Texas roots.
0: All right. Roots run deep in Texas. Uh, perfect. All right. So your name is Chris Robertson, but mostly everyone knows you as Swiss. I, I thought your name was Swiss to begin with. Um, tell me about, a little bit about Swiss, this, this alter ego or this, this nickname you got here.
1: So what's funny is, uh, you know, I have the cooking channel and my name's cooking with Swiss and Swiss does deals absolutely nothing with cheese. What happened was when I was about in fourth grade, we're all at a, a sleepover and one of my old school favorite movies was Swiss Family Robinson. Classic. Yes. I mean, fight the pirates off, live on an island. Like who wouldn't want that?
0: You still have it on DVD now?
1: I bet I could find an old school VHS somewhere. There you go, VHS. Yeah. And uh, so I just remember, like, I'd always want to watch that movie. And ironically, it's a movie is titled "Swiss Family Robinson." My last name, Robertson. So I kind of just stuck with like my childhood friends, and we started in fourth grade. The nickname "Swiss," and you know, like every kid in the world hates their fucking nickname. Like they would just make up huge spins off of it, and I used to get so pissed. But now, like, you learn to embrace it. And now you wear it like a shield. And I love it. And this name followed me all the way up to 32 years old, starting fourth grade. it right over to college and after college. So I think I have more people know me by Swiss than my actual name these days.
0: So when you introduce yourself, are you actually like, hey, I'm Swiss? Or is it Chris? No,
1: no, no. Usually, it's, it's always, I go with Chris. Unless I want to be professional, then I go with the hardcore Christopher, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> so I have friends around me. You know, I'll be meeting somebody new. And then, like, the next sentence, like, hey, Swiss, you know, you want a beer? And, they're like, S-. and then that new person's like, Swiss? It's like, yeah, that's my nickname. And then it just starts all over again.
0: I uh, got you. Um, now, is this something like your wife or your mom when they call you and they call you Swiss or Chris or Christopher, you know, you're in trouble?
1: Oh, dude, when you get the first and middle name, when I get Christopher Scott. That's when you know your ass is about to get whooped. Yeah. My, mom, my, my mom would never call me Swiss. She was she like she probably you know that's my nickname or not? But no, it's Christopher Scott. Uh, my wife she would uh, never call me Swiss unless she wants to make fun of me.
0: Oh, I got you. So she calls you Chris though.
1: Oh uh, yeah, she calls me Babe. You know, boo, st- boo, yeah, thing, Mr. Brad Pitt, all the good
0: ones. <laughs> Mr. Brad Pitt, right on. Hey, okay, so we're all dealing with uh why well, not a little? Uh, definitely the big talk of. Of everything right now is coronavirus. Um, now you kind of started off scared up a little bit. You had a, a little run with some some symptoms, and and uh, the whole family was pretty pretty sick. But the, everything cleared up right then, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, what happened was kind of when the first week when you really kind of learn about it, and you get on Wikipedia, and then you find out that you had the symptoms for every disease known to man. That's kind of like how we started. But my wife and I are both asthmatics. And unfortunately, this virus hit it right at the beginning of spring, and you know how bad the pollen is. Well, me and my wife both just started having shortness of breath and a uh, cough, but we didn't have fever. So that was kind of a, a blessing. And so we started getting in our own heads, like, do we have this? Do we have this? And we ended up having to take my wife to ER because it took like eight days, and her breathing didn't get any better, but she didn't have the other signs. And so we go to ER and they uh, pretty much like issue a few tests, but they don't give her the test because unless you're rich or famous, it's pretty much impossible to get the test three weeks ago. And uh, they said, hey, you know, here's some megasteroids. Come back. Let us know. Well, like, dude, we get home. And then my daughter's run like 102.5 fever. How old's your daughter? She's one. And she's thrown up everywhere. And it's our first child. So I don't know if you have kids. I don't think you do. but when that- I got
0: three-step kids.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. And so it's like, it's our first one. And like when they get sick, you're like, what the hell is going on? You start freaking out and probably didn't help out because like we gave her some like strawberry puree earlier that day. And did she just like projectile vomit
0: everywhere?
1: Oh, and it's like that red strawberry puree. So you're just like, you know, just like the color effect as well. And, you know, we think we have the Corona. Now we got our kid thrown up. It's like, we're, we're, we're dying tomorrow. We got it. We got it. So like, next thing you know, we're in Texas, children, we're taking our kid. And they're just like, looking at us like, you guys are idiots. Y'all don't have it. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it was a little bit scared. it took about a week. And we definitely had some type of respiratory infection, but it wasn't the virus. Thank yeah. God. And uh, yeah, everything's kind of back to normal now. That was about three, two, three weeks ago.
0: Now, now, if everyone knows, this is, this is, this is not uh, a raspy Swiss. This is Swiss's just natural, charming voice. He's got that, that deep southern grind, if you will, a gristle.
1: Dude, like, uh, yeah, this is my natural voice. Whenever uh, I first start dating my wife, uh, after a couple of dates, she introduced me to her friends. And uh, one of her friends, like, pulled her to her side, pulled her aside and, and asked her if this is my real voice or if I was just messing with them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's just looking at her like, what? And she, she thought I was faking it this whole entire time. I was like, no, that's, that's my real damn voice.
0: So what was Puberty like for you, transitioning? Or is it just, <laughs> were you some squeaky kid and then just went straight up Darth dude, Vader on everyone?
1: Dude, so I was always a big kid. Like, uh. You know, maybe it helped out that I got held back in first grade because reading's tough. But uh, I was always big for my size. And uh, so I always looked like a man amongst boys. Like I was playing. Man child. What's up?
0: Like a man child.
1: Dude, seriously. Like I think I was around five, nine when I was in fifth grade. And like I was playing little league football. And I swear, dude, it looked like the little giants. I know if you ever watched that movie. But I'd be running the football, and kids would be holding on to my jersey, and I'd be running them into the end zone, like two, three kids at a time. And then, like, ninth grade hit, and I didn't grow another ranch.
0: So you you, you stopped at six, you're probably six foot now, right? Yeah, I'm
1: right around yeah. six foot. Nice.
0: All right, Um, and now everyone's cleared up of coronavirus. I mean, uh, well, not... I said that wrong. And when you guys are all healthy and everything's back to normal for the Swiss family, for the Robertson family.
1: Uh, back to what normal can be right now. You know, we didn't, we didn't catch it, but it's still, I feel like everyone has a little PTSD. or like, what's going to happen? And, you know, we're still taking the proper precautions, but inside the house, we're all good.
0: What's, what's Houston like? I know Houston's really resilient. Texas, Texas is just strong. But I know Houston in general, you guys got a different breed of individuals <laughs> out there just kind of.
1: Texas tough.
0: Texas tough. There you go.
1: Well, actually, like Houston was one of the cities that kind of took a little while before we ordered the the shelter in. Uh, you know, the judges and everything kind of let Texas or I'm sorry, Houston go for a little while. I don't think they really wanted to call it. And then Dallas called for the shelter. San Antonio called for the shelter. Then Houston's like, all right, I guess we got to do it. Houston's last one, yeah, and like we're the we're the biggest city out of the three, so it's like, yeah, that's a great decision. And uh, we have like more cases than anybody the other day when I looked inside of the state of Texas. But you know, you can't really dig in to see like the age group of these cases, or like how many people have recovered. Uh, but everyone's done a really, really good job, not enough for social distancing. And like I know, like in my neighborhood alone, like me and my wife, the highlight of our day is a car ride or going on a walk and you know, we take our daughter, we'll go on a walk and like, we'll see other people and it's just other people, just everybody knows just to kind of detour their route, just by somebody else, you know, like no one walks right next to each other. It's kind of nice. Like you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything, but you both know it's like, all right, let's just make a left or let's just avoid each other. Keep going. So I think in Houston, everyone's doing a really good job. They've uh, said the peak take, uh, the peak is a week earlier than they expected. So that's telling me that they're kind of doing a good job of flattening out the curse. So I think we're all doing a really good job with the social distancing
0: yeah I, I, I think you're right. There's something to be said, we're kind of everyone's kind of in their second or third week of this uh this quarantine, and you see people starting to take uh, a different approach to it and respecting other people's property and I feel like we're going to have um uh just an overall different standard in treating germs and 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 social contacting after this it might and it might stick. Some things might stick, uh, just to limit limit uh, the amount of germs that we're spreading. So, uh, whether that's good or bad, it's still to be seen. Um, What are the grocery stores like where you're at?
1: Hey, so I think it's kind of like everywhere. Everything's getting hit pretty hard. Like I don't know who started the toilet paper, paper towel craze. Like whoever started that one deserves to get beat up. But uh, it's pretty pretty crazy. And since me and Karina, we kind of had that scare we didn't want to go out in public as much just in case we did have the virus. We don't want to spread it. So we've really been exercising the curbside option. A lot of our grocery stores have that. And uh, the one thing I've noticed though, you can only have about a week ahead of time that you can plan your uh, pickups and do like every slot is filled from, and they do them like in 30 minute increments through the day. And they have several slots. And you can't find one. So you really got to be on the computer and just, get on there on time to get your reserve spot. Uh, but a lot of the grocery stores are doing a really good job, but they're kind of, they're trying to ration, you know, how much meat you could get per visit. You know, say, so, hey, you can get two two chickens or two two steaks, two chickens, two things of pork. They've really stepped in and done a great job. So you don't have that person that's just buying everything and screwing everybody else over. It's definitely a hectic and kind of like an eerie little feeling. But I think that the grocery stores are doing a really good job. and. They did a really good job of trying to keep everything sanitized and clean, and keep everybody safe.
0: Now, are you H uh, E B? Is that? I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't. I'm not uh, too familiar. Yeah,
1: absolutely, I love. That is like one of the best grocery stores in the world. They um, have everything, right? Yeah, they got JJ Watt, Deshaun Watson, the Houston Astros. You know, it's good stuff. <laughs>
0: Wait, what do you mean they got? Oh, dude, yeah,
1: that's like all oh, their like spokesmen. They all are on Team H E B. Oh, I got. It. But H-E-B, they're they're a phenomenal grocery store. You know, they're one of the bigger ones, but they're also really good with the community. They're like any type of natural disasters, you know, down in the south, we'll get hurricanes. You know, those are pretty common for us. And you'll always see H-E-B on scene, helping out, dishing out water, giving a helping hand. They really are just like that great neighbor. And everybody wants to work for them. They do great jobs for all their employees, payment, helping them set up retirement. I've never even worked at HEB. I know I'm speaking really, speaking really good of them, but they're just you. You want them to do well.
0: Now, is HEB just a Texas thing or South? And you're gonna have to school me on this.
1: Uh, okay. So, from my knowledge, HEB is just in Texas, and okay. I don't know if you have like Kroger's or Robertson's or Winn Dixie's. I'm not sure what you have in California. But it's equivalent to your your normal big chain grocery store?
0: Okay, I got you. And, and- you can do it's a one stop shop setup, right?
1: Oh yeah, dude. I, the one one about my old house had like an electronics section. Like you can get your food, do your Christmas shopping, play some video games, and like get like some Wagyu beef. And be like all right, let's rock and roll. Let's cool. go.
0: <laughs> That's perfect, man. All right, uh, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. I want to get into uh, Houston sports. I know you're a big sports fan, just like me. um uh, and we're gonna get into the the big hitter, the headline hitter, all and. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think you know what's coming.
1: Yeah, but go go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you're good. Uh, you're good old Astros. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you sound that you said that proud. Astro yeah. proud, huh?
1: Everybody hates you when you're on the top, dude.
0: Well, it depends how you get to the top.
1: Hey, man. There's a lot of teams out there doing a lot of things, but since we won it, people are coming for us. I think there are...
0: All right. let, let, let's tell everyone. Okay, so uh, two years ago, Astros won the World Series. Right? Is that right? Yeah, year, yeah. or a year ago. Houston, uh, baby. Yeah, they beat the Dodgers, which is fine. I I'm I'm from SoCal, but I'm a, I'm a Padres fan. So, but I did root for the Dodgers. I wanted to win. Uh, I'm not a hater. Um, they won. It was a good series. And then come to find out, there was some sign stealing. Apparently, someone was hitting a trash can. They were stealing signs from a video camera that was in uh, center field. It was being relayed to someone in the dugout, and they were hitting a trash can. One bang meant curve. Two meant like a fastball. This came out, and the MLB was livid. Actually, the other players were livid. I personally don't think the MLB came down as hard as they should have or would have for another team. Um, Why the MLB treated the Astros with baby gloves? I don't know. What do you think? What's, what's going on here? What, is, what does the Astros have on the MLB?
1: Okay, well, I don't watch that much baseball, so I can't give you all statistics and stats and players' names. But if I do remember this correctly, one, sign-stealing has been going on since the age of time. Every team has done it. Every team's is guilty of it. Just everyone wants to go on the Astros right now. And if I remember correctly, we're not the only team – that got penalized and called out for this. If I remember correctly, I believe the Yankees were doing something as well as the uh, Boston Red Sox and maybe even the Dodgers. And so, unless you're going to throw the same punishment, all these other teams, everyone's mad at us for winning it. So, I think, you know, it should be more fair that everybody gets the same punishment.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, like I said, there is a level of of sign stealing going around probably with everyone, um, to the level of what the Astros did, could it be the worst? I, I don't know. This is only going to be it's for
1: only the worst because the Astros won it, because other teams did this so as well, and they're not getting the same penalty as the Astros.
0: Sure, I could see Why
1: that. By talking about what the Yankees did or the Red Sox,
0: right, right. Well, I mean, we did see this deflate gate with the Patriots. Um, So, you know what? This is going to be the Astros' year to wear the egg on the face. They're just going to own it. We saw a little bit of bantering at uh, Spring ball, And uh, it's going to be their year. They got a new skipper. Um, uh, How come I can't think of his name? Um, Baker, right?
1: That sounds right to me. Um, I've got to, with everything that's going on, I just kind of took a break. I was getting too fed up with it.
0: No, 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 you're good. Um, so they're gonna have to wear it and just take the scrutiny that comes with it. Hey, the Patriots worked out of it. Uh, Astros will work out of it. It's just gonna be their year to have a little little jabstone at them. Yeah, I,
1: another one. We just gotta win another one. And we're good to go.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. The uh, but the scrutiny will be on them big time. Uh, but yeah, hey, if you win, um, hey, it all goes away. Uh, see Bill Belichick, <laughs> fistful of rings, you know. All right. Let's, speaking of football, let's get into football. You're Texans. Yeah. It, okay. All right. B.O.B., huh? Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, Bob. Oh, yeah. Bob. Oh, Bobby, huh? How's he, how's, how's he faring out to the local crowd over there?
1: I think we're, uh, we're ready to see somebody new come in. Yeah. He, uh, he's done some things. He's had some great players. I mean, he has Deshaun Watson. I don't know how or what in the hell happened letting go of DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Yeah, no one saw that coming.
1: No, I, I thought it was an April Fool's joke early. Like, I can't believe they d- did that. That's one of our best players. Send him to the Cardinals. I think I used to be a Texans season ticket holder. I, I was ready to throw my tickets away. I, I can't believe they did that. I want someone new in there. And also, like, O'Brien, he... Had his time to shine, really didn't prove too much. Let's get somebody else in there.
0: Yeah, but he actually kind of got the reins, too. They kind of gave him like a slight GM. Uh, yeah, and so deal.
1: he's going to fire himself. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, he still might have a few more years in there. Uh, actually, let's see what happens this year. Um, and then he's going to be on the hot seat. I think he's personally been on the hot seat for a couple of years. Um, he's been touted as a successful play caller. But uh, you get the reins of a, of an NFL team, it's a little different than just calm plays, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the DeAndre Hopkins trade to the Cardinals shocked the world. And now the Cardinals look like they, they got some pretty decent weapons going into this year, if this year happens or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a while on. I mean, hopefully we have football season this year. Hopefully this stuff will play out and those guys can get on the field. But with the Texans, I'm just – I'm just baffled right now at what they can do. I can't believe, believe that. Also, I can't wait to see Tom Brady with Tampa Bay. That should be an interesting dynamic. So that to be a lot of fun to watch as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, it's amazing how, how quick they, bust the, the, uh, they they bounce up the, uh, the ticket sale price. Oh, yeah. It's
1: like LeBron James. You, know, you get Tom Brady, the GOAT, coming in. Everybody wants to go. Let's go ahead and raise these prices
0: yeah you know what I, I'm excited to see the breakup from uh, uh, Belichick and Brady just so we can see who who was the mastermind. Now obviously it's going to play a little different with Brady being um, higher in his age rather than being in his prime, but uh, a 40 year old 40 plus year old Brady's still not bad. he can still slang it, and um obviously he went to uh, Tampa Bay for a reason. He's a smart guy, so let's see what happens. Uh, back to Houston real quick um was Jadavion Clowney a bust for the texans
1: dude uh, when he was working hard and trying he was an unstoppable player but he was always injured and the dude just had a bad attitude we were i remember i was at a, a b dubs and we had the number one pick and we took him and i was so fired up i was like man jj watt Jadavian, we're gonna be unstoppable on the front line and i think we had Vince Fork at the time. So, like, this is about to be crazy. And it's like, all right, now Davin. He's out. Now he's out for the season. And then uh, Watt gets hurt. And it's just like you always felt like Clowney was just out. But whenever he was playing, the, the dude was a freak. He passed rusher like none other would get to the quarterback. And then he got traded uh, tra- to Seattle. And I don't know if he has any deal. Because I think Seattle might have let him go this season. He might have resigned. I haven't looked at it lately. Man, it's just such a bust with him.
0: Actually, um, he was testing the free agency market. Like you said, he went to Seattle. He was testing the market, and his price was high. So he came down to a, a more "quote unquote" uh, agreeable price, and he still didn't get any offers. So, as like you said, as far as I'm concerned, I think he is uh, just kind of waiting it out. So,
1: yeah, he wanted was it like twenty million, and then he's like, "All right, I'll go down to seventeen million a season."
0: Yeah. But like you're saying, he's injury prone and, uh, he's a freak of nature. And he, he showed that when he came out of, uh, uh college South and he, yeah, South Carolina, he had that major hit, um, that went viral where he blew the guy's helmet off. Um, but,
1: but then he yeah, sat back at South Carolina, he sat out his whole entire senior season.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, could it be your attitude or injury prone? I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to see what you felt like how how he played out in Texan.
1: Yeah. I, in mean, Texan. I understand sitting out season because how much money you're gonna be worth and you want that insurance. Like I don't blame that, but also I think that shows a lot about your character. And he kind of left his teammates high and dry on that one. And I thought it was a very selfish act at the same time. And so it kind of just he brought that I feel like that same attitude with him to Houston. He's always kind of just looking out for him and he made his money and still just looking out for himself. And that's, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. And we'll see how he fares out. He still, I think he still has a few good years in him if he puts his mind right. All right, let's switch to the QB. Mr. De- Deshaun Watson came out of uh, Clemson, firing, winning a national championship. Showed his rookie season that he does have the potential. Is Deshaun Watson the QB to take the, is he the, the quarterback to take the Texans deep into the playoffs and, and, or a championship?
1: 100%. Deshaun Watson is the man. That dude can do anything. Great team leadership. You know, what his biggest, I think, obstacles overcome is he tries to do too much with his legs and he holds onto the ball too long to try to extend the play as opposed to just getting rid of it. And sometimes that hurts him, or it opens him up to hits, so you really don't want to see that. But the guy is smart. He's such a talented QB. If we can get the right guys around him, I think we can go to the Super Bowl. You know, look at Patrick Mahomes. You get the right guys around him. They're very similar in their play. I can't believe we got rid of De- DeAndre Hopkins still, going, circling back on there. But, uh, Watson can definitely lead us to the Super Bowl
0: right on and i agree he's he's a talented he works hard he's got all the right uh uh tangibles and and uh great attitude so uh i'm excited to see football in general but um hey texans i kind of see want to see what old bob has a uh, has got planned for us after his little DeAndre hopkins trade
1: yeah i, I think it's to be a long season regardless for the texans you know in our division you got tennessee who's looking great out there so it's to be tough and I don't think anybody's being Kansas city.
0: There you go. Yeah. They, they're going to hold it down for a while.
1: I think they're going to come to the next dynasty. If those guys can stay healthy, they're, they're going to take it. They're going to run it back. In My opinion.
0: Uh, I'm a charger fan. So, I mean, to see the chiefs, uh, um, win, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's kind of not what I want to see, but I'm a big Andy Reid fan. I feel like he's, he's, um, probably one of those unsung kind of coaches and everyone kind of says he's just kind of a humble guy, um, blue collar kind of guy and just gets it done and, and obviously put, put the team together and and they, they won and they dominated.
1: It, it, it's really hard to root against him or Patrick Mahomes. I, I haven't found too many people who aren't happy for them. I mean, you kind of hate what happened to Andy Reid with Philadelphia and you got Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas tech, you know, Texas Tech has always been an all right school in the Big Twelve uh, football wise, and he, he's done a phenomenal job. And so, kind of like that small town, small town kid wins Super Bowl, and he's, he's such a likable person.
0: Yeah, absolutely good for them. You know, they deserve it. They worked hard, and, and uh, uh, the city of Kansas City they were they were stoked. And as you and I being barbecue guys, some good stuff comes out of Kansas City. So ain't too ain't too proud. Of, yeah, yeah. Ain't too proud to brag about that. All right, buddy. Let's switch it up. Uh, the Rockets switch a little basketball. I'm not sure if this is your your strong point, but I mean, they got a squad going here. Um, can the Can the Rockets win a championship here with the, in the next three years?
1: Dude, you're asking the wrong guy on this one. I would uh, I love the team. You know, Westbrook, Harden, they're beast. I don't watch too many Rockets games, so yeah, why not? They could definitely those two players named alone. We should win it all, right?
0: All right. Who's your all-time favorite Rocket player? Olajuwon, Yao Ming? I mean, who are we talking? Uh, What's what's his name? Uh, Steve Francis?
1: Akeem Olajuwon. The beast. The dream. Yeah, I mean, rebound, shot blocker. Just love the guy. Back-to-back national championships. When Jordan retired. Who cares? Uh, I think it was 93, 94. It was like when I first moved to Houston. I remember coming from Lafayette. I think I was around like five and houston had just won and they had like the retro jersey or be retro for us now you know like yellow and orange jerseys and you would just see like pop-up tents everywhere just selling rocket scare championship i thought that was like the norm you know and houston like maybe we can go anywhere and just buy uh a rockets t-shirt on the side of the road this is awesome and akeem the dream dude he's he's the best
0: yeah the dream was great great to watch uh you know now these types of players that are long and lengthy, lengthy and and can shoot. Um, to see a dynamic player like that, it it was uh it was it was quite a sight to see at that stage. I mean we've seen uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of set set that uh that precedent as far as that length and able to space the floor. But uh the Dream did it just as good. Hall of Famer, go going down as one of the Rockets all time great. I, his number should be retired if it's not. Um, so yeah, what, I mean, the Rockets have had some great, great teams. So Texas in general, Spurs, Rockets, uh, Mavericks, all, all good, all good, um, programs.
1: Yeah, the, Texas has a really, really great, uh, just sports stay there. There's been some phenomenal players, championships, you know, all coming out of Texas, but also we're like one of the biggest states in the United States so that helps out. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's from. What's that? So we got a lot to choose from.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots of good people come from uh, athletic-wise and barbecue-wise come coming out of Texas. Uh, with all those options to choose from, um, you went to LSU, and uh, obviously, being an alumni, you are LSU Tiger fanatic.
1: <laughs> I love the Tigers. Yeah, I was at LSU, uh, two thousand seven. Two through 2011 and a half because I had to do that uh, extra half lap right there. And uh, my dad's side of the family is all from Louisiana. And so I always was kind of rooting for LSU, you know, even though I lived in Katy and everybody was always UT or A&M or Texas Tech, Baylor, you know, if you want to be that person. And uh, something about LSU, you know, I loved it and always – drew me to that state and Mardi Gras when you're 18 years old and you find out you get a spring break plus Mardi Gras break. Like why would I not want to go there? And I was always just drawn to LSU and also they're one of the schools that accepted me. So that was a huge, huge benefit because
0: I I, I, I did the, uh, the Mardi Gras thing once when I was in the Navy, It it was pretty wild. It was, uh, smelled a lot like piss down there, but it, it, was, it was fine.
1: Yeah, that's the charm.
0: <laughs> that's the charm. You know what tripped me out is those uh, uh, the mausoleums? Is that what it's called?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: The outdoor up. Uh, well, obviously, you're under, uh, below yeah. the sea level.
1: Correct, yeah. Uh, above, above graveyards, tombstones. It's not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely trippy when you see it for the first time. But New Orleans is already under seawater. And so you can't bury anything under there. And when you see it for the first time, you kind of feel like you're like straight out of a movie and something creepy is about to happen. But once you start looking at it, you kind of appreciate it and it kind of gives it a lot of character. And New Orleans itself is just its, its own place. It's amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. You got to say New, New Orleans. No, Nola Baby? Nola Baby. How do, uh, you,
1: how do you say it? New Orleans.
0: New, it's almost like New Orleans. New Orleans. Right? <laughs>
1: oh man i love it
0: what do i know i'm just a call boy uh, yeah. all right buddy let me hear your top three tigers of all time any sport give me your top three lsu tigers right. L- lsu tigers the lsu tigers yeah go ahead
1: okay wow Ooh, that's a lot there's a lot of people on there i mean first off i gotta say joe burrow is definitely on that list
0: wow enshrining him already huh yeah,
1: i mean how can you not this dude won us a national championship, undefeated Heisman. Uh, he was responsible for raising or getting the Louisiana people behind him and raised over $500,000 for the food bank in, uh, in his home state in That's Ohio. Beautiful. And like just a great philanthropist. How, how do you not like this guy? Very and true. 20 years from now, I'm still going to like him.
0: Uh, can we say who's not on your top three list? Uh, and where what happened? Uh, Mr. Jamarcus Russell?
1: oh Man, dude. that I think every LSU fan knew that was going to be a bust. Like he, he was just a big boy that could slang the football. And you know, he was our player, so we watched him all the time. But the best thing that happened was in the, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl, that LSU played Notre Dame. And LSU beat Notre Dame 41-14. And the reason why I remember the score is because they were the same score just backwards. And, uh, and Jamarcus just went off on that game and had the whole world watching him, scouts, everything. I mean, this dude could throw them all. I remember there's a, a video of him on just one knee. And he threw a football 70 yards in the air. Like, the dude's a freak. But we... But every LSU fan, you like this was not. He's not gonna sustain. He's not gonna be the guy down the road. He's not gonna be your leader. I remember uh, hearing stories about Jamarcus. They used to give him uh footage, a team f- film, for him to kind of study the opponents. And the coaches would give him VHS, and uh, the next day they would ask Jamarcus what he thought of the, the team footage, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I saw the defense doing this. I read that." We'll be ready to go on Saturday, Coach. Jamarcus had no idea for a whole season. They gave the coach and staff gave him blank tapes.
0: Oh, that's terrible. And I mean, I think he went number one, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: he went to Oakland.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, they went to Oakland
1: and yeah. uh, became he a big get him in. Really backfired.
0: <laughs> yeah, big time. And like you said, that's where the the whole Jadavion Clowney maybe talent is is can only take you so far and then it's going to be the hard work the extra dedication which we all know is what's going to lead us yeah, to that,
1: yeah. to the <laughs> yeah. level. it's like in one offseason he put on 60 pounds as a quarterback
0: yeah yeah not 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 what you want so <laughs> and
1: uh like, all right bro we're gonna have to move you to o-line now we had a good run but thank you
0: hey, he's always always be the sleeper quarterback just hanging out in the O line maybe some type of uh
1: yeah, yeah. i love that little fumble ruski with Jamarcus Russell.
0: Oh yeah, all time greatest bust. Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell.
1: Yeah, it's when you when you see like that clickbait on Yahoo, and it's like all time bust. It's like I don't even have to go through this. I already know we got number one.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is he 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 shows up every now and then on clickbait. Like you said, it's like a big bust. Jamarcus, I mean that's that's what you're tied to. It's it's bad news. I mean you're always going to be known as he will be an LSU great. Always just because of the way he slanged and, and uh, what he did at the quarterback position. But as far as the NFL turned out, you're just going to be known as a bust.
1: Well, I think but. for a lot of the, the LSU alumni, we would not consider him one of the LSU greats. We know he, he was a great player and he was a beast. But I don't think we'd put him up there as one of the LSU greats.
0: Well said. Well said. I, I, I totally understand. And speaking of which, I, I still need to hear a few more of yeah. your LSU greats.
1: And this is tough because, you know, you wouldn't tell me any of these questions coming on today. Hey, buddy,
0: you're on the grill. I, know, I hope you're sweating.
1: I know, man. I'm searing right now. Uh, let me think about this. Uh, Patrick Peterson, phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback, defensive back, uh, kick returner. He, he was a beast. Always, always loved him, watching him play. And what he did in the NFL with the Cardinals, it's, it's just been amazing.
0: Yeah. I think he got released, if I'm not mistaken, though.
1: Well, he had a, he had a great run while he was there.
0: He still might be there. I might be. We've 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 been quiet on sports for about a month now, and that throws you off.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of my third I mean, there's so many players, and it's just short amount of time. I can only think of like the most like relative guys that are coming through my head right now. Um, one of the ones I used to love was a wide receiver named Michael Clayton, and. I remember this guy was a beast, dude. He could catch anything. and um,
0: what, what made you love him so much? Just that he caught everything? Just the way yeah, he moved?
1: Playing junior high, whenever um, he kind of came on the scene. And it's kind of like when you're really starting to take an interest in sports and remembering everyone's names. And he was kind of like one of the first players I really remember watching him. And uh, this dude, just, to me, caught everything. He's always kind of like a hero. And I remember we were playing Texas in the Cotton Bowl. And you know we didn't have that good of a team, and Texas was just stomping everybody. And this might have been like 99 or 2000, 2001, kind of that time frame. And uh, I remember Michael Clayton was so good that we had to put him on offense and defense because we couldn't care, we couldn't cover Texas's wide receivers. And I can't remember uh, Texas's wide receiver at the time right now, but somebody who's never played. Defense, a snap in the whole season. Now he's going just to try to cover this guy for the game. And yes, we lost the game at the end, but I mean, just talking about the ultimate team player on the dime, like, all right, you're going in, you're playing defense, no one else can cover him. And this dude was just a beast.
0: Do you remember if he panned out in and-
1: Yeah, he went to the NFL and he played really, really well. He was um yeah, I'm on the grill, so I can't remember the exact spot he was at. It might have been Tampa Bay. I cannot remember. But he did really well in the NFL. And then he just kind of, like all wide receivers, had a little too many miles on his legs and had to retire. Right on.
0: Hey, I'll I'll take that any day. You have a good career. and You just have a, a solid career in the, in the NFL, too. I mean, hey, what, what more can you ask for? All right, buddy, let's switch it up here. Uh, we're going to go to your barbecue your bread and butter man what what you're slaying over here on ig (laughs) all right all right man what are some of your favorite memories of barbecuing growing up and who was kind of your influencer What, what do you remember about barbecue in general just growing up
1: dude so like my dad my dad is phenomenal on the grill and i always remember growing up he cooked the best ribs and a lot of people Might not even knew his name, but kind of knew him as the rib guy. And I always thought that was kind of like an action hero name, like the rib guy. And I I thought that was like so cool. Like, I was like, I want to be known as the rib guy one day. And uh, we do a lot of entertainment, so we were always cooking. And I remember, I think I was like nine years old, and I had my dad teach me how to make pork spare ribs. And that was the very first thing I ever learned how to cook on a grill. It wasn't a hamburger. You know, it wasn't some chicken. It was pork spare ribs. And he had his own little way of cooking. We kind of did a little bit more hot and faster than your traditional smoked barbecue ribs. We would cook them about 350. And for about an hour and a half, two hours, you know, we wouldn't do the really, really long cooks, probably because I was hanging out with them and I was too annoyed. So he's like, all right, we're going to find a fast way to get this done. And uh, so that was really, as a childhood, I remember – just doing ribs with him. And it was a, a way that I could really bond with him, communicate and you know, everyone tries to find the way to talk with their dad. Cause you know, every, every dad is every child's hero. And that was a way besides all football that I feel like me and him really got to bond. Absolutely. And like, as I got older, I just kind of realized everybody likes food for the most part. And it was always kind of like my introduction to new people or trying to make friends and like when I went to LSU, I, I was a Texas guy that went to LSU. You know, everyone's intimidated to make friends at the beginning, but I would invite some people over and start cooking some ribs and they'd enjoy it. And it always spark up conversations and friendships. So I feel like cooking's a great way to bring people together and really just kind of be yourselves and let your creativity come out. And I've really just cherished that. And I've really kind of just took that and ran with it.
0: Absolutely. I can agree with that 110%. My dad was my first memory of, of, my dad gave me my first memory of barbecuing. And just growing up, like you said, I feel like you lose maybe, you lose some of your personality growing up, um, working all the time and just dealing with life. And you lose that connection with people. And then I found food as a way to connect back with people. Maybe I felt like I, I was missing a step socially interacting or, or, Communicating with someone, but you found out you can get a reaction to them through cooking. So I, I totally get it, and um, it's kind of why I've, I've, I've kind of was drawn to your page and just your personality. So it was, it was all good. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think uh, growing up in Texas, uh, do you think Austin gets too much credit for being like this barbecue mecca or this barbecue capital of Texas?
1: Austin has some. Um great barbecue, you know, and I think one thing that recently, I mean, nothing against Austin. They got a great barbecue. They always have. But I think recently I feel like cooking, barbecuing, it's kind of came, became more cool. More people want to do it. And maybe that's one introduction with some pellet grills, but that everybody can start cooking. And everyone's starting to cook brisket. And that's pretty much a, sta- a staple in Texas is brisket. And with everyone starting to learn cook, learn how to cook, everyone's gone to Aaron Franklin's page. And Aaron Franklin, he's in Austin, Texas. And he's pretty much the brisket king. And everyone is just focusing on Aaron Franklin and trying to mimic what he's cooking and wants to learn how to do the butcher wrap paper like he does. And I think that's why a lot of attention has been on Austin and their barbecue because of him. But you know, Great barbecue, Central Texas, is what's really known. When you hear, think of Texas barbecue, most of the times they're referencing Central Texas. Is That's pretty much the mecca, mecca of barbecue.
0: I got you. Well said. And you know what? There's, I think Austin, maybe from the outside, me being um, outside, Austin gets most of the, the limelight. Um, but like you said, the state of Texas is full of diff- even just different styles of cooking uh brisket or ribs
1: oh yeah you have uh what texas it's i mean look how big the state of texas is it covers i forget how many states you can put inside of it and there's so many different styles and techniques you know you're gonna go mesquite or hickory or oak you know if you're cooking over the flame or indirect if you're cooking just on smoke and there's just so many different ways and you know i feel like there's no wrong way you just gotta figure out which one you like the most and roll with it
0: absolutely um speaking of houston uh, or speaking of texas give me give me a a couple barbecue spots in houston that are
1: oh so these are the ones that i love there is a place called corkscrew barbecue and it's in spring texas which is in between the woodlands and houston for anybody knows where that is and um you know like this place is good because barbecue places If they're open past three o'clock in Texas, they're doing something wrong. Every place, they open up pretty much Tuesday through Thursday or Tuesday through Saturday. You know, doors open at 11 and they serve until they're sold out. So if any of these restaurants have food at three o'clock, they are not doing something right. And part of getting barbecue in Houston are the lines. You'll see a line that wraps all around the building, and that's just part of uh, the experience and if you go there at no line don't go
0: right and, they, and they're wrapped around they start people to get out there like six or seven a.m and then like you said uh they might be sold out by noon right
1: oh well one. yeah usually traditionally it's about two o'clock and i know what i love about uh corkscrew is you got you get there a little earlier and you can get a guaranteed spot they like i think start around 10 or nine o'clock they have numbers like one through 20 or one through fifty. And if you go early enough, you can get one of those spots and you're guaranteed a line, a spot in line. So it's kind of like, you know, you're tailgating to get barbecue. And I don't care what you're slinging. If you got people that are tailgating, camping out to get your food, you're doing something right.
0: Now, I, I think that, I think that's a good, um, like a good strategy because you, you see a a restaurant, they typically don't run out of food and and they got set hours. But when you get to a strictly barbecue restaurant, I know for you and I as backyard barbecuers and we're probably entertaining maybe 10 people at the most or so, it's still very hard to gauge how much food you need. But if you just cook enough and you run out as a restaurant, that's gotta be the way to go. Hey, go, go go with what you've known and give it your best shot. But once you cook, close the fucking doors and you're done.
1: Yeah. And these guys are the masters of it. And a lot of the big barbecue restaurants are like that in Houston. And you go to one and if you walk in there and they don't give you uh, white bread or pickles or onions for free, that's when you, that's a red flag. Get out of that barbecue spot as well. And uh, Corkscrew, if you guys ever go, if you ever come down, I'll take you. Their brisket is some of the best brisket I ever had. And that's, you know, I feel like how you the caliber, how you gauge. Texas barbecue is by the brisket. If you can't do brisket in Texas, you're not going to make it.
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's some things you don't mess with. Um, I typically don't smoke with a, uh, uh a wood such as mesquite or hickory, but there's things you don't mess with. And that's hickory or mes- mesquite and brisket. Uh, I'm not going to throw apple wood on my, on my brisket. So it's, it's just one of those things you don't mess with. I'll, I'll mess with some other stuff and, and try the other stuff, but there's just some things you don't mess with.
1: Hey, it's not broke, don't fix it.
0: Exactly. And and uh Texas is the king of brisket. Self-touted. Uh any any other uh spots you, you got you got off your head?
1: Yeah, I mean uh out in the heights area of Houston, there's a place called Pinkertons and the spot's phenomenal. This guy is probably around thirty-one, thirty years old. And he started slinging his barbecue, I believe, out of a truck in Austin. And uh, it really took off. And he moved over to Houston, down in the Heights area. And I believe he even got to be like on Forbes' list, like 30, under 30, you know, millionaire. And just from barbecue. And And I've had his barbecue. And his ribs are some of the best ribs, his pork ribs. They got this great sweet glaze on there. And, yes, there's always a line to get to Pinkerton's. I think it's one of the best barbecue spots in all of Houston.
0: Could you imagine just starting in your van, just, just grinding, figure it out, trying to figure out if your ends are going to meet and then just make something that just catches, especially, especially in Texas, trying to open a barbecue spot up. uh, It's, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with some of the best and to just end up on the Forbes list, top 30, under 30. Like that's, that's awesome. And that takes dedication and, and that's where the hard work pays off. And definitely, the guy probably deserves it 110%. Yeah,
1: he's phenomenal. Like, yeah, I I couldn't imagine I'm selling out of my truck, you know, something I think I like and everyone likes it as much as I do. And next thing I know, I got a restaurant, then I got a million dollars and I'm just slanging brisket. That'd be a dream come true.
0: Absolutely. Just doing what you love, being passionate about it and providing people good food and be able to provide for your family a sustainable. Uh, living, just doing what you love. Uh, Speaking about that, have you always been a talented griller?
1: No, absolutely not. You know, like, you guys screw up a few times to you really figure out what you're supposed to do right. And I got my fair share of burning the shit out of food, undercooking food. You know, I still still make errors. You know, anyone that can give me a perfect meal, I'm going to tell them, yeah, that's a lie. Every day I'm learning something new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just always continuous work in progress, and it's that's part of the, the fun of it, and sticking with it, and uh, having having the dedication of making three meals the same same way or the same same method in a row it it's what it's what breeds us and allows us to get better.
1: Yeah, and as we get older, I still have the time that I used to to be able to perfect these meals. If I if I could, I'd do it every single day, nonstop. So I got it right, but also you're always trying to play with it and see if you can come up with a new idea, a new twist, and see if this tastes as good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um there's there's definitely people doing um some great stuff, but I always I always try to set one cook out and 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 like like you said, just push the envelope a little more. Maybe there's something you, you don't wanna you don't wanna uh mess too much with something but there's always room to improve or just kind of create something and, and that's kind of always fun development is is something i like to work at and uh you definitely do a great job of of uh pushing the pushing the the cooks and and uh putting out some good some good stuff uh now you, you started you just kind of almost started um really doing videos and and how to's and really sharing the behind the scenes with your instagram and it, it's allowed you you're up to six thousand followers now.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think around hit 6,000 a couple of weeks ago, celebrated with a margarita with my wife, and we had a good time with it. I was really excited. And uh, I really enjoy doing videos. I think I'm going to kind of maybe push more into IGTV because I like giving everybody the behind the scenes and giving the real steps. I like to be able to inform everybody what I'm actually doing. You know, I don't want just to cook something and, hey, like my picture. I want to give you the story behind it. I want you to see what I'm cooking. I want you to cook with me. I think that's a great way to kind of let anybody get involved. And I'm just, I'm I'm not a chef. I'll be the first to say it. I'm just a guy that likes to cook, that has a hobby, that loves it. And showing people, anybody can do this if you try. And I just try to, you know, dumb it down, which is really easy for me because I'm not that smart. So I think if I could do it, anybody else can.
0: No, you do a great job, and your personality is awesome for for being behind the, or in front of the camera. And um, I think what I, I love so much about barbecue is I'm still a fan, and I love watching videos, and I love watching videos just to relax to or just to watch. And yeah. I just kind of sit there and just pedal through videos, whether it's YouTube or IGTV or or just seeing some of my favorite barbecuers just just throw down a little video. So, and I don't do videos, which is fine with me. I, I like. I like being a fan of other people's videos. I I tried the videos. I didn't like it too much. I kind of, I like doing the podcast and just the pictures and and the cook thing. So there's a couple of things I want to get into, but I like leaving the videos to the, uh, to the guys like you. And I I got some other fan favorites that that I I really like.
1: Oh yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm kind of right there with you. I enjoy watching other people's videos because I feel like there's no wrong way to cook. And I, I learn something new every day from someone else's video. Like, oh, let's do a hot and fast method of this, or let's just go open flame with this. And I, I'm still learning, and I'm still it inspires me to try to create something new. So I'm right there with you.
0: I think the best thing about the video, even as the person make the the person making the video, is it's something to go back and watch. Um, uh, it's a good archive, or even just knife placement, or or chicken placement, or uh, Temperature setting—it's all something you can go back to and and watch and how how you did it or how you've you've learned to to mitigate a problem. I think it's all pretty cool and part of the learning and development as a barbecuer and always striving to to get better.
1: Absolutely, it's—I'm a visual learner, and so for me it really helps out when I can see somebody else do it. And I'm like, all right, now now I can mimic it, but I have to read it. I'm like, oh, that sounds a little tougher.
0: Absolutely, and your page has shown that you are. Walking the walk and talking the talk, you are affiliated with some pretty good uh, some teams. You are Team BGE. You're or you are a Big Green Egg'er.
1: I am. I'm. I'm very, very lucky to be on that team. There are some amazing cooks on that team, and I was lucky uh, back in August. BGE or Big Green Egg reached out to me and told me they'd be interested in me applying to be an ambassador. And I dude, I was so excited. I was kind of shaking. I was like, is this for real? Because, you know, I've watched all these guys for the last couple of years. And um, in uh, October, I got the phone call and from Rob D'Amico and told me that I'd been accepted on the team. And, I, dude, I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, really just started cooking on the egg and trying so many different things and different techniques. And I just – I love everything about – big green egg it's such a, an amazing amazing barbecue pit com- kamado to cook with
0: yeah the ceramic gets super hot it's great i personally don't have a uh, a ceramic um grill um but i do i do love when people cook on it it's great it's very efficient and it burns efficiently and it's a great way to control temperature to con- yeah. to control temperature uh, but what what makes you the perfect fit for bge
1: Oh, man, probably because uh, one of my personality, I feel like it blends really well with Big Green Egg and their brand. Uh, I love trying uh, all the different diversity of the egg. You know, you can use it as a smoker or a griller or a wok. And I believe I'm not afraid to try everything out. And I I love the, the grill itself. I know so much about it. And I was always cooking on it. I felt like they are like, all right, this guy, he uh, he knows a little bit of a thing or two. We don't have to send him to school. Let's, let's put him on the team and see if he can sell us some eggs.
0: You know, and that, that's probably one of the biggest selling points for uh, the Big Green Egg is the accessories and the, the diversity that a Kamado-style grill has that you can just pretty much do whatever you want just with this, this, this one grill. And uh, I know they got the Mini Max and uh, three different uh sizes uh but it's just the possibilities are endless with uh the big green egg
1: yeah they actually got i think eight different sizes of big green eggs okay there you go yeah it's kind of like the russian dolls man you can start from the real small ones to get all the big ones
0: how now, many how many eggs do you have
1: i'm rocking three right now i got the uh the mini max the large and, and the xl
0: which one you 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 put out the most food with probably
1: Uh, probably the X, no, probably the large, because, you know, I just have a family of three. It's me and my wife and our baby. So I don't need as much room to cook on. I could do everything I want with the large, but if I'm entertaining or if it's birthday parties then I'm going straight to the XL, the mini max, it's a lot of fun for searing. You know, I can get that thing real high. I like to kind of do a little reverse sear action. So I like to cook on the large and then just sear it on the mini max. It's a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, I'm probably using the large the most.
0: And big green egg, green, uh, big green egg makes everything. They make charcoal. They make their own utensils. Like they have everything.
1: Yeah, they they've done a great job. If you could think about it in the barbecue world, they got it. Uh, automatic cookers, pretty much, and convectors, uh, rain caps, tongs. Uh, grilling like grill grates, like they got it all. They got everything you need. Pizza stones. It's really, it's oh. you can do everything. And some of the best pizzas come off that big green egg.
0: I bet, I bet. I did a pizza on the uh, on my Green Mountain Grill, and it came out good. So I can imagine just that heat. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much uh, a wood fire stove. Yeah, the temperature you're burning at.
1: It, it's awesome. I can get that. I can get up to 700 degrees. A thousand degrees, if I really want to, but I don't know why you want to cook at a thousand degrees. And yeah, yeah.
0: Is there anything you've cooked at a thousand degrees? I, I, that's pretty I'm young.
1: scared of it. Like, I don't think I have the proper like equipment to cook at a thousand degrees. Like, you need some long ass tongs and look like you're going welding or something. I feel like at a thousand degrees.
0: Oh, FR suit. Yeah, ready to go.
1: like I'm going to be walking out of the grill with like third degree burn.
0: <laughs> that would be a good way to get a haircut this time. Yeah. kind of <laughs>
1: like- Well, what happened to your eyebrows? I don't know. I was cooking at a thousand degrees. Thought it'd be fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Any, any thousand degree cookers out there uh, that actually cook, uh, let us know. Hit us up. Send us some videos of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I understand like the searing, like, but you know, with the dome, when you open up the dome, you have a thousand degrees hitting your face. It's a little different action as opposed to just putting it like in a shelf and searing it. But, uh, I think the hottest I've cooked with is about 700, about six, 700. And that's when I was doing the pizzas.
0: Yeah, five, six, seven hundred. I rolled it down there for the, the meats and then chicken. Yeah. I like I
1: and a big trick, if you don't know this, if you're cooking pizzas on the egg, uh, cornstarch and wax paper, that will help out with your crust from burning or sticking.
0: There you yeah. go. Hot tip. Big BG yeah. team right there.
1: Yeah. You have to learn it the hard way a few times and then you, you, you learn to improvise.
0: And you guys got one of the best. Uh, probably one of my favorite uh, grillers, uh, Grilling with Dad. Uh, Yeah,
1: he is amazing. amazing. And uh, he does a really, really great job. He has phenomenal videos. He cooks everything. He doesn't just stick to one field. He's very informative. Uh, Grilling Dad just kills it on there.
0: Yeah, awesome. Awesome awesome team to be a part of. You deserve every bit of it. Uh, I can't wait to see what you you got in store with with them. Uh, You're also tied up with another uh, great uh, meat company, Greensbury. Tell me a little about Greensbury.
1: Hey, Greensbury, they're phenomenal. I cannot say enough good things about Greensbury. So what differentiates Greensbury from any other companies is they focus on high-end grass-fed, organic, meat, chicken only. No preservatives in anything. They don't do anything with corn or nuts, all their food is lean and healthy and delicious and there's and also it's so well priced everybody you know you see some of these companies it's eighty dollars for a steak and i mean let's get the lottery you know that's to me a lot of money for one steak and at this company you can really get some affordable great meats shipped to your door especially with everything going on and it worked
0: out per- perfect for you too when we did the carnivore diet too. You oh, was the first no,
1: it, it was amazing. And the, they really do a great job, like kind of giving back to the community, and especially with all the companies that we were working with during the carnivore diet. And uh, we got lucky. They were some discount codes. They wanted to be a part of it. And uh, I, I took advantage. I was getting chicken and ground meat from them about once a week, their fish. And it was just, it tasted phenomenal. And, I guess one thing that I learned is the difference between like um, grass fed and like prime, you know, with the grass fed, you got a, a leaner cow. So you still have, you know, the fat on a ribeye but has a little bit leaner taste. So if you're more, more of a health conscious eater, I would definitely recommend going grass fed beef.
0: Yeah. And that's something to definitely take in consideration. Um, the cook, I mean the temperature and the way you treat the meat the same, but the way you have to monitor, monitor the meat and, uh, your approach might be a little different. And then what your mouth is expecting when you go from, uh, uh, grain fed to a grass fed ribeye where you're just, I I'm, I'm, I'm a big lover of a, a grain fed ribeye. It's what I, what I know. And it's what I love, but any you have uh, a grass-fed ribeye, and you're just kind of like, mm, I was expecting the other taste. Still good, but just a little leaner, a little different.
1: You get a little bit more of that leaner taste, and uh, it's just think about when you do with grass-fed. And it kind of took me a few uh oh's to figure it out. Is you actually cook it until a little bit uh, less temperature, bring it down a few degrees. So it's gonna cook quicker. So you gotta kind of watch out for that because it's a leaner cut of meat. But it's I kind of feel like you feel healthier as you eat this you don't feel you know when you eat like a fatty ribeye you know you ate it afterwards it kind of just makes you sluggish and i don't get that feeling at all whenever i eat the grass-fed meat
0: that's awesome man you're associated with some pretty good uh great great brands to, to yeah. be representative about uh to be you're fired up about these guys yeah, and it shows
1: i'm fired up about both those companies i i couldn't have picked a better team i'm one of the lucky ones out there greensbury big green egg they take such good care of me and they're just good people to work with and they really focus on community and that's what i really like about those companies
0: you got a green theme going there what's going on oh, with
1: that right? i got team team green you know you uh, going, uh, you're going
0: to you getting a partnership with a uh, green giant uh green yeah. beans next
1: yeah i mean that'd be that'd be pretty sweet and uh my favorite color is green so i guess that's just my my color right now you know you green companies out there that want to work together let me know
0: hey just keep the theme going uh um, you, you're gonna do the carnivore you i think you flirted with doing the carnivore diet again right
1: yes i did uh, so you know me and you did it for the month of february and since we're quarantined i was like all right i'm gonna do it for the month of april and uh i got into the first day i so i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> it it's tough but i'm actually doing low carb instead and, uh, so I am doing a low carb diet right now. Carnivore was, I just have the mental mindset to do it. And cause it's, as you know, it's a toll and it's, it's a lot of work. And so I'm just sticking with the, uh, the low carb right now.
0: All right. You back with us? Lost a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. Can you hear me?
0: Okay. There you go. Um, now I know that your wife was talking about shaving your beard. Does that happen? Are you beardless right now? Yeah.
1: full beard full beard i told her if she shaved her head my beard
0: that makes perfect sense glad (laughs) i'm glad you guys worked that out
1: yeah yeah we haven't talked about the beard since
0: all right buddy uh let's move on here we're gonna get to the questions from the gram you ready
1: Uh, no let's do this
0: they're not bad All right, our good friend Misty at Seattle Butcher's Wife, she went ahead and did the carnivore diet with us. She wants to know, what music soothes the soul while you grill?
1: Oh, Biggie Smalls. Every time. I want to, Biggie Small, Puff Daddy, those are my go-to playlists. Little Buster Rhymes. Old school 90s rap. That gets me in the mood.
0: Is that when, is that like prior to light up or is this while you're cooking, you're just jamming out?
1: Well, you know, seasoning, cooking. Uh, that's I'm. I'm sticking with those two guys, those three people. All right,
0: perfect. Um, at Foster Feast, would like to know what's your favorite seasoning slash rub?
1: who that's that is tough. That is tough. It depends on what I'm cooking. Ah, uh, as I know, you're an ambassador for Reload, and you got me hooked on them, and that is they got some. Great, great rubs. Um, I mean, that is really, really tough. Yeah, it's
0: hard. I mean, um, there's so many good rub companies out there. Obviously, I, I promote Reload Rub, uh, and but there's there's other great ones, and it depends on what you what you're shooting for that day. So, as far yeah. as going a little Tex Mex or
1: yeah, I, I'm trying to think if if I'm doing steak, you know, I love. Hardcore Carnivore, you know, Hardcore Black is one of the best rubs for steak. And I also love um, Reload's Magnum Rub. I think those are the two best rubs for steak. If I'm doing chicken, I love a Meat Church Voodoo Rub. And I love a Big Green Egg, Big Green Egg just came out with this uh, Nashville Hot Rub. And I love that. Like, I'm one of those that, like, I feel like my mouth needs to be on fire for me to really love it.
0: That sounds good.
1: Yeah, that's just there's, I love every rub out there. There's there's not one that I hate.
0: Right on. We're gonna stick to the rub uh theme here. At Reload Rub, would like to know. Um, and while I get on that, At Reload Rub is the official sponsor of this podcast. Go to ReloadRub.com. Go get a bunch of rubs. Use discount code Coda10 and save you some scratch. Especially now, I know you're home. You need to cook. Uh, perfect time to get in some grilling at reload web would like to know what meat or cook intimidates you the most
1: probably brisket i mean i know we've been talking about earlier but brisket is really tough to cook you know it takes a lot of man hours on the grill a lot of times you're dealing with a fire trying to adjust your temperatures to get that right consistent temperature And if you're cooking a whole brisket, you know, there's so many different parts, you know, the flat and the tip, and you're trying to find that even medium for both of them to be delicious. And then when to wrap it, you're going to wrap on temperature, you wrap on feel, on looks. And it just, it's so exhausting. And coming from a guy, I haven't done too many briskets as opposed to like ribs or steaks or wings. So I'd have to say brisket's probably my biggest challenge.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And like you said, to get medium on both the, the, uh both meats it's it's very tough and it's it's still one of those ones where i haven't got that taste that i was like i fucking nailed this it's always yeah. been like i can get better
1: exactly you you always said it perfectly I, I haven't had the brisket yet that i'm ready to show everybody
0: all right well hey you and i will get there together buddy absolutely uh, all right next question at dr kelly hatton the doctor she likes to know what is the most memorable dish that you have made to date. And why was it so special?
1: Uh, probably uh, the first date I had with my wife. Uh, we were just started dating. And it was the first time you're like, all right, come to my house. I want to cook for you. And uh, I was cooking grilled romaine for her. And she had never had grilled romaine before. And I was like, Chris, I got to nail this dish. And I could tell... Whenever I told her I was doing grilled lettuce, she just like looked at me like, what the hell am I going to have to fake pretend to like? And uh, so I did some steaks and I did some uh, tuna steaks and then I did the grilled lettuce uh, with olive oil, salt, pepper, and Parmesan cheese. And dude, my wife ate it up. She like went back for seconds and thirds and that was eight years ago. And to this day, she is still eating a full bag of romaine whenever I grill it up. So that's the one that probably sticks out to me the most.
0: Dude, that grilled romaine lettuce, if you put that in front of somebody that never had it, like you said, they are just like, this is not going to be good. But it brings out a flavor that is different. It brings out the texture. It just changes the whole identity of a grilled romaine lettuce. And it is delicious. A little olive oil. I throw a little fully loaded uh, on it from Reload Rub. And it, it blows people's minds. And it almost steals the show sometimes from the protein. It's amazing.
1: Oh, it really does because people, it's, it's such a wow factor. Once someone tries it, like, they were not expecting it. And if you could do it like on a smoker a little bit, and you get that smoke infused in every bite in the lettuce, it's amazing. I want to know, when you, when you eat it, do you eat it boat style or do you chop it up?
0: Oh, you got to boat it. It's just open the hatch and boat that sucker in. It, and I believe it's got to go straight from the fridge to the grill hot fast flip it do whatever you're gonna do with it bring it out and it's got to be served right then and there and eat it's still a little crispy but it has that char on it and it is perfect
1: exactly though you you know well we don't used to or used to we used to throw a little light caesar dressing on there but now we just a little bit of parmesan cheese when we go to town on it
0: oh yeah that parmesan cheese is good too yeah Uh, perfect i kind of want one now but uh, maybe a little bit after uh next question at Bab Ass Barbecue, who is your favorite shirtless personality?
1: My favorite shirtless personality.
0: He says there's only one answer, and it's. Yeah, it's
1: no, I only watch one person that goes shirtless all the time. So yeah, shirtless Jared. Way to way to go, buddy! You nailed that one.
0: <laughs> great question, buddy. Yeah,
1: great, great question.
0: Uh, at at Cook Cartilage, uh, wanted to know where the name come from. We covered that Swiss, Swiss family, Robertson fits you. Perfect. It's, it's, it's going to be on your headstone when you, when, when you're said and done with this, this whole, this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Leave that VHS on my headstone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, At Lisa, the halo griller, our good friend, Lisa, uh, Lisa Pedia. She wants to know more about the picture of you on the stage that uh, I had up on my story earlier.
1: (laughs) So, That was uh, my wife and I's, I think, fourth anniversary. And she wanted to surprise surprise me with a gift. and It was a brunch. And it was a burlesque show brunch. And talk about a badass gift. So, you know, we get dressed up and we're in downtown Houston. And um, they're doing a Allison Wonderland. Theme burlesque show. And we were like the last minute buying our tickets. So of course we get a table that's pretty much touching the stage. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of these shows, but they're very interactive with the crowd. And uh so they're start engaging with the crowd and they ask, like, does anybody celebrate an anniversary? And it's like you don't want to raise your hand, but of course, you know me, I'll raise my hand. Well, they're like, okay, well, they bring me on stage. And I don't know if you ever watched Alice in Wonderland, but in, in the movie, she has to play croquet. And so they set up a croquet set and they're using humans and everything to be the whole. And I have to, this umbrella looking flamingo and I have to hit a sock in between, two, two, between a girl's legs for it to go in. Or there's a consequence if I miss. Mm-hmm. So I swing and she moves. So I miss. Well, then they tell me the penalty for missing is you have to strip. So I can't remember how many clothes I'm wearing in that picture. But I started having to take off my jacket and I'm trying to, you know, I'm laughing like, all right, how far is this really going to go? And then I hit again. and The lady moved again. So there goes my shirt. And then it went down to, I think I was about to have to take off my pants and they, they hurry and stopped me real quick. And so that was our anniversary burlesque show together. One, one of my favorite, favorite anniversary brunches.
0: All right. So if it wouldn't, if you would have missed that one and went down to you and your underwear, were you wearing underwear that were appropriate for, for the, the show?
1: We would have had to go to late night television. <laughs> i was trying to get real slow I was, I, I was trying to take off a sock one at a time <laughs>
0: oh man that that i would have died i would have paid money to see that just yeah, like, it was,
1: yeah it was yeah it it will forever go down as a memory all
0: right perfect man you handled it like a champion uh next question at polygrill 17 uh mrs range sarah uh she says your photos are solid what's your number one tip for people who want to improve their Insta pics and videos?
1: Oh, what I've noticed, what really helps bring out a picture is kind of like the small, finer details, kind of like just as simple as maybe like a simple garnish chopped up, you know, something green or something that can be contrast to the the meat or what you're cooking. will Really, really bring out the photo as well. And uh, a good camera. I mean, I'm not saying it to have the top of the line camera, I got, I do a lot of my stuff on the iPhones. I usually go with portrait mode and I find just, you know, if you have a good camera, if you have portrait mode, it makes a world of difference and, and lighting. If you can get good lighting. So small little props, good camera and lighting, and you can really go to that next level pretty easily.
0: I seen uh, maybe behind the scenes, you, uh, you had the little food box, the little, yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, I think I got that on Amazon. It was like 20 bucks. And that definitely helps out because I have in my kitchen, I have like those orange lights and everything just kind of looks orange. If I take a picture. So I put it in a box to kind of get more of a clear, uh, bright light. So yeah, I think it's on Amazon or since we're talking about it right now, it will definitely probably be on my Instagram sponsored posts, you know, be like, you just talked about this.
0: Oh yeah. That's weird. I hate how that happens. Yeah. The Government watching us,
1: yeah, absolutely,
0: all right, buddy, um Mr our good friend, your fellow b g e and greens uh greenberry I say that right? greenberry uh greensberry greensberry uh member Travis from at Travis backyard barbecue, wants to know how many sonic corn dogs can you delete how many sonic corn dogs can I eat? Uh, he said delete, so yeah, I think he maybe spell check got him. So he said delete. I don't know if that's how he speaks. But uh, how, many, how many Sonic corndogs can you delete? So we'll say eat.
1: <laughs> well, that depends if it's 50-cent corndog day or not. You know, if I have to, if I have to shell out the full dollar, it's going to change the number. But if I like, want to lose all self-respect, I, I absolutely could put down a half dozen. If, if not, if I had to put money on myself definitely eight. If you give me a little ketchup and mustard, I'll even say nine.
0: Oh, that's, that's the, that's the, yeah. That's you, get going.
1: Yeah. Got, you got to lube it up.
0: <laughs> Where, so are you, uh, are you a regular at uh 30, 50 cent day, 50 cent corn dog day?
1: <laughs> well, it kind of like started out as a joke. You know, I saw the advertisement and I don't know if you follow uh Campbell's barbecue, but he, he must be a part of every, uh, fast food a uh, subscription because he'll always send them to me and then it's like oh yeah i definitely gotta go check this out so i kind of started out as a joke is really just turned to a beautiful relationship with me and sonic
0: hey sponsorship maybe we, sh- we should see you throw send down throw some uh corn dog mini corn dog. they're the mini ones right
1: oh yeah absolutely that's you get more bang for your buck with the mini corn dogs nice
0: and th- is that a meal do you, you throw that in as like i had dinner or is that just kind of like a prelude.
1: It's like going to Sam's and getting a sample.
0: Oh, I got gotcha.
1: you. Does not does not count against you.
0: Hey, uh, I got a Sonic pretty close to the house. I've never partaked in this whole, this whole Sonic dog day. Uh, we might have to do a, a live on this.
1: Absolutely. We'll, we'll both go to our own separate Sonics. We'll uh, take our dogs, we'll cheers them to the camera, and then we'll shotgun them.
0: Maybe do like a, a the, the Kobe um, hot Kobe dog Yashi, yeah the hot dog <laughs> challenge
1: the Nathan's hot dog challenge yeah let's do that I'm fired up about that
0: alright last question up. from our good buddy Spencer at Spur- Spencer Kirksey official wants to know when did you become an LSU bandwagon
1: <laughs> oh Spencer shut up
0: He also wants to know, at what point did you really start to take your culinary game to the next level?
1: Uh, You know, that's a tough question because I really started cooking at a young age. And I think whenever I was in college, it was my way, like I said earlier, to make friends and kind of open doors. And then again, probably a little bit later on, probably in the last few years, and my wife and I, we moved into a house where we had a backyard. And we can really kind of set back up. And uh, probably in the last three years, I really started pushing it really, really hard, but I've been cooking all my life.
0: Right on, man. It shows you got a great story. You got a great page. You show that personality, it shines. My friend Chris, you are officially off the grill. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Uh, you're a fan favorite. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy.
1: Well, thanks, Paul, for having me on. I really enjoyed it and really. Uh, we got to spend some time together.
0: All right, buddy. Anything else you want to share? Uh, let people know how they can find you too.
1: Yeah, so if anybody wants to check out my page, just look at Cooking with Swiss. There's no G in cooking, just C O O K I N W I T H S W I S S. I hope I spelled that right. For all my current followers, I just wanted to say thanks. And thanks, Paul, for always being a big fan of mine. And, you know, I really appreciate any time people give me comments or suggestions always feel free to give me any type of feedback. All
0: right, brother. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Just want to thank everyone for joining in again. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Stay safe out there and we will talk to you guys later.
1: Talk to you later, Paul. Thank you.